Welcome to Stories from the Heart. I'm your host, Sandra McDevitt. Today we continue with the story of a father who thinks the commoner is not good enough for his daughter. He then cancels the wedding. Stay tuned to find out what the Pope thinks about the whole thing. Does he intervene? Join us for the answer on Another Stories from the Heart. The Pope's Niece, Part 2 By the next morning, the whole town was in possession of the news, and Master Claude's house was never empty. The whole day long, there was a continual concourse of townspeople and tradesmen coming to recommend themselves to him. Everyone reminded him of their ancient friendship. You know yourself, Master Claude, said one, if I have not always been devoted to you. Oh, said another, I could almost have wished that some mishap had befallen you just to have the pleasure of assisting you. Everyone, in short, enlarged on his own friendship and devotion. There was not one, to hear themselves speak, who would, not if necessary, have given all he had, even his life himself, for Master Claude. Even Gerard, hoping through his influence with his brother the Pope to obtain from His Holiness an exemption from his tribute of ten baked loaves to the monks of St. Benedict. It was amusing to see the air of condescension and the comical dignity with which Master Claude promised his protection to all his neighbors and friends. He was intoxicated with joy and pride. When I'm in my castle, said he all day long, I shall have guards and vassals, my table shall be royally served, and I will have an oven built for my own begins to be bad. But it was especially for his daughter that he piled up his castles, for he must do honest justice to Claude to say that he loved his daughter beyond anything else. Dear girl, he would say, I shall see then her richly portioned, the wife of some high and mighty lord, clothed and equipped like a princess. It was agreed between him and Guillaumet, with whom he was perfectly reconciled now, that they should set out as soon as possible for Avignon to visit the Pope and present his niece to him. Now while the preparations were in progress, Guillaumet, entering her daughter's chamber one day, found her sitting by the window in a pensive attitude, apparently lost in thought. Why, Blanche, what are you thinking of? she asked. Of the past and the future, mother, replied Blanche. And truly, one must appear far more pleasant to you than the other. Eight days ago you were going to marry Germain, and could never be anything but a tradesman's wife. Oh, but now you may marry a lord, and be called my lady. Yes, mother, but Germain? Oh, Germain, you see, he never came back. He saw very well that he could no longer pretend to wed the Pope's niece. And so they set off to see the Pope. Some days after, a good-looking young man, neatly and becomingly clad, though evidently belonging to the people, 
was waiting in one of the lower halls of the Papal Palace in Avignon. A cardinal introduced him there and then left him, but he soon returned and made a sign for the young man to follow him. Good heavens! Before whom am I about to appear? stammered the young man. Before His Holiness, Pope Benedict XII, replied the cardinal. The youth turned pale. Half an hour after, when the young man came out and had recovered his color, and as the tapestry was raised to let him pass, the Pope was heard to say, in quite a paternal turn, Be of good heart, my son. I promise you every satisfaction. Now the same day, Master Claude, confided in a suit of rich velvet, with Guillemette bedecked, like the wife of some great lord, and Blanche, more attractive for her beauty than the rich dress she wore, took their station in the same lobby, awaiting the appearance of the Pope. Soon after, a low murmur and a motion among the nobles and monks announced the arrival of the Pope. Pope Benedict XII passed through the crowd, and on reaching the place where his brother stood, he asked the cardinal, Who is this man? It is the good Lord Claude Fournier, your brother, replied the cardinal. Why, you are surely mistaken, Laurentio, rejoined the Holy Father. My brother is a baker, and it cannot be him that I see in this costume, which belongs only to gentlemen. He then passed on, leaving Master Claude utterly confounded. At length, having recovered a little from his confusion, he sadly retraced his way to his lodgings, which was in one of the finest inns in Avignon. He had scarcely entered the house when he received the following message from the Pope. If Master Claude Fournier wishes to see his brother James, let him come tomorrow not dressed as a lord, but as one brother visiting another. This revived the baker's hopes, and the next day he donned once more the brown cloth jacket and gray cloak, which we have seen him wear on the day of the proposed marriage. Well, brother, said he, as Claude advanced into the room, thou didst not give me the fraternal embrace? Claude was a little embarrassed at first, but his brother holding out his arm, he was not slow to reciprocate. And who is this? said the Pope. Oh, your niece, responded Claude. This is my daughter, my dear Blanche. And why have you not yet married her to some worthy man? Well, I had some thoughts of it, answered Master Claude. But things are changed since I have found my brother is the Pope. Well, I thought my brother would likely wish to provide a worthy match for her. Worthy of her, repeated James Fournier, fixing his eyes upon his brother. Well, so I will, Claude. I will undertake to find her husband worthy of her. Now you will spend a week with me in my good city of Avignon, after which you will return home. Poor Claude was sent back home to resume his business, knew not how to console himself. Who then will repair the inroads? that all this expense has made on his little fortune. How can he open his bakery again, with many of his customers having gone to his rival at the other end of town? It was enough to drive a man mad, and well-nigh mad he was.
God keep you, my niece, said the Pope, as his niece entered, as he had requested her to do. Holy Father, murmured Blanche, in a voice scarcely audible, as she knelt before the Pope. Rise, my daughter, and answer me without fear. You are, it is true, the Pope's niece, and can, if you will, marry a noble and wealthy gentleman. But before you proceed to choose a husband for you, I would wish to know whether there is not someone of whom you would prefer. No, Holy Father, replied Blanche, provided he be a gentleman. She added in a lower voice, I... A sudden movement behind her made her turn. A young man stood there. The sight of this young man, after what she had just said, had such an effect on her that she tottered and fell fainting to the ground. When she recovered, she was with her mother. It is Germain, I have seen him, was her first exclamation. But her father and mother convinced her of the impossibility of such an apparition in the Pope's apartment. It was now a sad day for Master Claude when he found himself obliged to return home. How great was his surprise when as he passed along he saw everyone salute him with respect. He heard Gerard thank him because the monks of St. Benedict discharged him from his rent of ten loaves. Not only that, his brother had reimbursed all that had taken to come and visit him. Confound my folly! said he to himself, sometimes as he looked at his daughter. Nothing would serve me but that I must be Lord, I who am only just good for keeping a bakery, and we were so happy before that unlucky day when the marriage was interrupted. But these regrets were of little use to Blanche. Ever since that apparition in the Pope's palace, she had never known a moment's peace. These reflections became at length so painful that her health was grievously impaired. One night, Blanche, who was then at her worst, awoke with a start. Indeed, everyone thought she had lost her mind. Now, meantime, what was going on in Avignon? Germain had been introduced a second time in the presence of the Pope. Holy Father, he said, Blanche is ill, and the physicians have pronounced her life in danger. I beseech your holiness, put an end to this torment. Yes, you are right. It is time that all should end. Laurentio, give me that parchment and the purse. Here, he said, take this. You shall be the husband of my niece. This purse contains her dowry, but remember it is not to be opened until after the marriage. The parchment you will give to the Benedictine monk who will meet you on your return. Germain did as he was told, and soon he met the monk in question. What has happened of Blanche? Is she cured yet? he asked the monk. But the monk was quiet. On reaching the street where Master Claude lived, he perceived that the baker's house was closed, and he trembled from head to foot. He went up the staircase, and he could perceive the tapers burning in Blanche's room. By the time he reached the top, his heart ceased to beat. A death-like stillness reigned in the chamber. But then he saw Blanche kneeling before an image of Our Lady, around which tapers were burning. Claude and Guillaumette were kneeling beside her. The poor girl was thanking heaven for her cure. Well, the next day the wedding took place, and all the nobility in the neighborhood, as well as the townspeople, 
wish to assist in the marriage of the Pope's niece. Here is a little present from your Uncle James Fournier. As for the Pope, he is no kindred but the poor and the afflicted. And Blanche said, My uncle has done well for us. And she looked fondly at her husband. He has made me very happy and taught me a useful lesson that vanity is ever an evil counselor. Thank you for joining us on Stories from the Heart. Today's story was part two of The Pope's Niece, taken from the book of the same name. For a copy of this or any of my stories, email Sandra at AveMariaRadio.net. Stories from the Heart is recorded in the studios of Ave Maria Radio. I'm Sandra McDevitt. May God bless the rest of your day. Missed a show? Not sure if it came from Ave Maria Radio? Go to AveMariaRadio.net. A list of shows and hosts are there. And if you find the show you're looking for, you can hear the whole thing again by going through the Ave Maria Radio audio archives. For two years, we've recorded nearly every show from Ave Maria Radio. Just click on the audio archives message located at the center of our homepage. Now you even have more reasons to become a radioactive Catholic by going to AveMariaRadio.net.